Let's, let's pray. Father in heaven, we, we look to you now and uh, we invite your presence to come for your word. It's your word that we seek. It's, it's, it's your living word that we seek, Lord. Uh, nobody came to hear a person talk or a person sing. We, they came because they're hungry for you, God. And so I invite you, we invite you to come in the present manifestation of your Holy Spirit and engage us in our in our release of worship to you and engage us in our consideration of your word, the Bible, and engage us at our point of need, Lord, that you see our need. And so we invite you to come and, and just to create create the, the, the church, the gathering that you have in mind that would bring you the most glory, Lord. And so we surrender this time to you also in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, well, today we're going to continue on in our pursuit of the answers. Who am I and what am I doing here? Uh, As I mentioned to you, uh, it is my heart to spend this whole year off and on and distracted by this and that, of course, uh, because that's how I roll, Uh, but to spend a lot of time this year looking into the scriptures and endeavoring to answer the questions, who am I? And what am I doing here? Our first answer to who am I is I am created in the? Okay, in the image of God. Correct. Very good. So we, we spent some weeks just talking about that. I'm created in the image of God. And that, that means some really important things, as I'm getting a witness right now from the Lord there. Uh, it means uh, that we have kingdom authority. Yes? That was a great Sunday, was it not? As God just drew us into an understanding of kingdom authority and how we can take that into the places of our lives and bring the kingdom of God to bear on the situations that we face. We also have a power to bless, that God has power to bless, and in his image he's he's written into our hard drive as we're in relationship with him the capacity to actually speak blessing. I hope you've been doing that. Have, Have you? Yes, say yes. And if you haven't, just speak a word of blessing over me right now, okay? I'll take that any day of any week. And, and we have that capacity. But I, I think the thing that we really need to focus on in that first, first answer in creating the image of God is that the substantial part of us is spiritual and eternal. That again, that's the bigger part of who we are, not the smaller part of who we are. We are not, you know big flesh with a little spirit, we are actually big spirit who's borrowing the flesh, right? And so it's, I think it's just critically important as we, as we move into the question today for a little while, uh, what are we doing here, that we, that we remember that, that you have eternity set in your heart. You are more spiritual than you are physical, the physical, as I'm going to show you in the scripture, as Tim just read, is going to quit. You're going to leave it all together, at least for the time, and uh, you're going to be fully spiritual, okay? So uh, with those things in mind, I want to look at the other side of the question for a few minutes this morning. What am I doing here? Obviously, there are a lot of ways that the Bible answers that question. So if, if I'm spiritual, what am I still doing here? And, and, and we're going to look at those answers over time. But today, I'd really just like to start out 
with what Tim read for us just a few minutes ago in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, where he says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. So we are ambassadors. We, we are representatives of another country, of another place. We are aliens. We are ambassadors. We're still here because God is making his appeal, what does it say? Through us. His appeal for what? You keep reading, his, and read before, his appeal that people would be reconciled to him through his son Jesus Christ. And so we're ambassadors. And I think we just have to realize something here. If we're going to understand what we're doing here, we have to start by saying, we're not from here anymore. We're not from here. Did you ever meet somebody that clearly wasn't from here? And you kind of go, you're not from here, are you? You know, they make a disparaging remark about the Buckeyes or something, and, and you go, you ain't from here, are you? We're not from here. John chapter 1, verse 12 says what? Somebody look at it real quick. John chapter 1, verse 12. Somebody read aloud as you can. Beautiful. Thank you, Valerie. Yet to all who received him, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. So we're born not children of God. Get that. We're born into sin, into generational sin. We're born into a condition of sin. Yet to all who received him, meaning Christ. Have you received Christ? Yet to all who believed in his name. Are you believing in him? Remember the in about thing on Easter? Are you believing in Jesus? then he gave you the right to be a son, to be a daughter of his. He gave you the right. That's a legal term. So that you're not from here anymore. You were from here, right? And then you met Christ. And you're not from here anymore. That's critical in understanding what it is that we're doing here. If you just want to look at this passage that Tim read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, it really underscores this reality that we're not from here anymore. If you look at the first four verses of what he read, it shows that we're, we're as I've said before, we're just renting this space. We're just renting this house. Now we know, verse 1, that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. So that's good news, Yeah. It's going to be destroyed. Nobody, this, nobody's, nobody's house is going to stand forever. But that's, that's all right. But he says in verse 2, Meanwhile we groan, go ahead and groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. That was a good groan, by the way. Excellent groaning. So we have this kind of tension going on, don't we? We, we have this spiritual longing to be fulfilled to, to have our eternity become the biggest part of us, but we're in this temporal tent, and so we have this kind of groaning. Why? Because when we are clothed, we'll not be found naked. That's good. 
For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. I love this next line. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by what is life. Swallowed up. And some swallowed up, you can't see it anymore, right? So at the very outset, it says that we're just temporarily the person that we think we're going to be permanently. We have this misconception that this is who we substantially are. We spend so much time on the flesh, don't we? This kind of weather, it makes it impossible for me to do anything with my hair. You know, it just gets all like crazy and I can't get it to go. Did you notice that? Did I need to point that out today? It's just, we spend so much time on the, on the tent, right? And in reality, it's just borrowed space. Anybody ever use a storage unit? Anybody? Raise your hand if you've ever had occasion to rent a storage. Thanks for raising your hand. Appreciate that. Uh, so you paid money to put your valuable stuff, your important stuff, in a different space. But that wasn't your space. You just paid money to put your valuable stuff in a different space, and you knew it was temporary, right? That's what storage units are for. You're not supposed to live there, Rich, okay? You're, you, <laughs> they're, temp- <laughs> they're temporary, right? Okay? And so this is what we're doing. We're in the temporary... You're, you're a storage space for what's important. And it changes how we live our lives, doesn't it? Because Jesus said in John eleven twenty five 25, and 26, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. We're just going to change locations, right? Yeah. This passage also, as you keep working through it, you'll notice it says something really dangerously important about the Holy Spirit in verse 5. Now it is God who made us for this very purpose, that is, living in the tent for a while until it's time to be fully, fully ourselves. Now it is God who made us for this very purpose and has given us the Spirit. Which Spirit would that be? Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So the Holy Spirit is a deposit. That's what the Bible says. The Holy Spirit is a foretaste of glory. The Holy Spirit is, among other things, of course, we're meant to encounter God by way of the Holy Spirit as a deposit so that we know that what this other stuff says is true, guaranteeing what is to come. So the Holy Spirit and the move of the Holy Spirit among his people is meant to be embraced and in fully encountered as, as a way of saying, keep doing what you're doing because there's a better day coming. And how many of you have had just a, you know, you've just had a magnificent time in church or gathered together with other believers or your small group or something and the Holy Spirit just comes and usually your whole outlook is just lifted, isn't it? Hello? That was the Holy Spirit guaranteeing what is to come. Now, I think it's important to notice that different people respond to the presence of the Holy Spirit 
in somewhat different ways. And some people are got really short fuses and they're kind of exuberant and off the hook and maybe a little crazy, right, when the Holy Spirit comes. And some of you, by contrast, are more contemplative. You're more contemplative. You're not as expressive. Um, and so the key question is not, what's, what do you look like on the outside when the Holy Spirit comes? That's really up to you. But what's happening on the inside when the Holy Spirit comes? Because you don't want to get all crazy if it's not happening on the inside, do you? That would be hypocrisy. That would be hypocrisy. But neither do you want to be content with what the Scriptures say, letting your hands hang limp and say, well, I guess that's just the way I'm wired if nothing's going on on the inside. Because the Holy Spirit is meant to be encountered as a... Come on, y'all been here. As a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. So when the Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit, don't resist the Holy Spirit, it's really, it's really a very important lesson for us to learn that God wants to be encountered by way of his Holy Spirit, and that's, that's what ambassadors need. They need something from home, right? How how do you live the expatriate lifestyle? How do you live in a place that isn't your own? You get stuff from home, right? The Holy Spirit, encountering the Holy Spirit is a care package from where you're really from because we're not from here anymore. Which is what verse 6 says, therefore we're always confident and know as long as we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. You know, you love being in this body, right? But you also know that there's a tension that as long as I'm here, I'm not fully with the Lord. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're not from here. We're not from here anymore. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says that our citizenship, anybody know this one? Is in heaven. Anybody know the rest of it? And we eagerly await a savior from there. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's where our papers are. That's where we're from. Our citizen when you said yes to Christ, you were adopted into the family of God, John 1.12, right? Your papers were changed and your citizenship was changed. You're not from here anymore. You're from heaven now. And you're here, then why don't we go to heaven? Because you're here as an ambassador, as though it says God is making his appeal through us. You are here by the authority of God to represent reconciliation with him. You're here on a diplomatic mission. I want to note also in verse 10 that obedience matters. You see, he says, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body whether good or bad. And uh, you might 
might raise the question in your mind, I thought we were saved by grace through faith alone, and we are. Absolutely. That doesn't say that a person will be given or denied entrance into heaven based on what they've done. But what does it say? Each month may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body. That there is a reward. There's a, so obedience matters. So if you're making room for disobedience in your life saying, ah, you know, Christ covered it. I'm going to heaven after this. Obedience matters. If you're resisting the conviction of the Holy Spirit somewhere in your life, obedience matters. Jesus said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt and where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so obedience matters. How do we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven? Obedience. How do I get that? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, just one book over. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 10 says, By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. So Christ is the foundation, but, he, but there's, a, there's a, a warning, each one should be careful how he builds. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's how you're saved. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Obedience matters. If what he built survives, he will receive his, what? Reward. Reward. But check it, check it. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, thank you, but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't be the naked guy in heaven who smells like smoke. Don't be that guy. All right? Nobody's going to want to hang around with you if you're the naked guy who smells like smoke. Obedience matters. How many of you have ever been called by God to do something you didn't want to do? And you did it. Cha-ching in heaven. Cha-ching in heaven. Obedience matters. Jesus said in Luke eleven twenty eight, blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. Back to our passage in 2 Corinthians 5, notice that it says that Love is our only motivation, verse 14. For Christ's love compels us, for we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. So Christ, it's the love of Christ that compels us, the love of God that is the only motivation for our, for our embassy here. It's the only motivation. It's love. John 13, 34 and 35, Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, 
Love one another. Keep going. As I have loved you, so you must also love one another. We're always faced with opportunities in our life as to how we're going to respond, what we're going to do next. The Bible says that love is our mother tongue. Speak the language of home. Speak the language of home. And then, of course, in verses 18 through 20, it says we're ambassadors for Christ. We're ambassadors. All this is from God, verse 18, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What are you doing here? That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Thank you, God. Anybody? Can I get a witness on that? And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. That's what we're doing here. We live here, but we're not from here. We're in culture, but we're not of culture. We're representing heaven. And I, I just need you to know that we, we are authorized ambassadors, not illegal aliens. I see a lot of Christians kind of living their faith kind of with their head down, like, man, this is tough. I hope nobody finds out, right? I hope immigration doesn't discover me that I'm not from here. You're not an illegal alien. You are authorized by the king of the universe to be an ambassador for him here. You're not from here, but you are authorized to be here. Your citizenship is in heaven, but you are authorized by God to be here. Christians, pick up your heads, man, right? Pick up your head. Live it out loud. Speak the language of love. We're ambassadors, as though God is making his appeal through us. Kind of going to leave it to you to sort out the application of it. Just think about your life. Think about the world in which you're set, the people who are around you. You are called by God to represent Jesus Christ. That's the only reason you're not home. It's because God wants to make his appeal to them through you. That's what you're doing here. And one of the things about being an ambassador I don't know how often U.S. ambassadors get furloughs, but they got to go home once in a while. They got to visit home, right? That's what we got to do. When we worship, when we enter into the presence of God, we're just visiting home. Can you imagine being an ambassador? somewhere and just getting a care package from home that had like pizza in it or something, you know? <laughs> that you got a meal from home. That would just change everything, wouldn't it? It's like, I can do this. I can do this now. I can keep doing this if I can keep visiting home. On my first trip to India... 23 years ago, 
Oh my goodness, we were back in the middle of, I'm not even sure the Lord knew that place. And we'd gone back and visited this church and prayed for a bunch of sick people and God had done some really amazing things. And I stayed in a, in a farmer's house. They call him the farmer because he had land. Everybody else we visited was so poor they had no land. But this guy was the farmer and he had a house. And Pastor Stephen said, we're going to stay at the farm. And I was like, oh, is that good? And it's like, yeah, it's good. And so we got there, it was late when we got there, it was already dark and you know, 11, 12 o'clock at night, and so tired from traveling and got stuff, you know, just some bag or whatever, and they said, you're going to sleep in here. You're going to sleep in here. Oh, great, okay, that's nice, they got a room for me. And I went in there and slept in there and in a bed. I said, all right, this farmer's got it going on. And woke up the next morning and there were, there were chickens on the bed rail, that I had roosting on the bed rail that I apparently had shared the, I guess I hadn't woken them up when I climbed into bed. And, and I went out that morning. I, I think a lot of you know I like to get up early, and I saw it was getting light. I thought, I'm going to go out and just start praying and stuff. And, and I went out there, and, and uh, I saw that Pastor Stephen was sleeping outside on a bench, and, and it looked like some of the, the adults, the, the farmer was, and his wife were sleeping like on the ground. And I, I, and, and I went out, and they were getting up, and I said, why, why are you guys sleeping out here? I would have slept out here. And, and Pastor Stephen said, oh, no, brother, you can't sleep out here. I said, why not? He said, because of the panthers. <laughs> but, okay. Inside's good. That's good. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is like remote India. And, and so that was good. But as I started milling around, I, I heard something in the house. And in the, there's this, I guess you'd call it a kitchen. There was a little burner on the floor. And uh, it was cool because there was a tube that went out through the wall, the mud wall of the house, and, and the flame was coming up. And I thought, I wonder how they get propane delivered out here, you know? And, and I went out, and it was the coolest thing. There was like a a bell, like a big metal bell with the tube coming out of the top of it. And what they did was they shoveled cow manure in there and water and they mixed it up and it let off methane gas, right? Pretty smart, huh? And so the cows were delivering the gas. And so, but, but there were these two women in there and they were, they were uh, crouched down on the floor. I can't even crouch. And they, they crouched down on the floor and they were making some stuff. And I, that's, I can't speak their language, but it's like, hi, nice to see you. you know, that's about all you can do. And, and then uh, the farmer who spoke English came and said, let's have breakfast. And they were making me this meal. They were making me this meal. And they were trying to make a meal from home for me. They made French toast. With non bread, you know, not N-O-N, the not Indian bread. And, and they found mountain honey, which was really dark, and they thought that would substitute for, for syrup, right? And they had some eggs and stuff, and it was like Bob Evans, you know? It was out there, and they made this meal for me. And you can dial into that, right? You can imagine what that meant to me. Here I was so far away from home, my first time, 
And you can imagine just what that meant to me. Just to eat that food. And how that just propelled me to go, yeah, we can do this. We can do this crazy ministry in the dark portions of India. We can do this because of a meal from home. I'd like for us to close our service this morning by just putting our foot in heaven, just getting a meal from home. Can you, can you do that as we, as we worship in a song together? Can you do that? Can you, can you just get yourself home for a minute? Can you just get the encouragement of some French toast and mountain honey from home? And can you, can you receive the move of the Holy Spirit without resistance because he's a deposit guaranteeing what's coming? Can you receive from heaven this morning so that when you leave here, you can go out there and you can be a bright, shining light and ambassador for Jesus Christ? Can you just ch- check in with heaven this morning? Let yourself get there. Allow yourself to release and go there so that you can be encouraged, so that God can make his appeal through you.